Hey, I'm so glad to have Michelle Phillips joining me today. And welcome to another episode of Figuring Out Forever. I am Shannon Johnson, your podcast host. Welcome to 2022, Michelle. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I am so excited to have you here. So today's podcast is, I think, great, especially for the new year, because I was reading in 2021, it said over 5 million people either quit their jobs or had career changes here in America. And that's a lot of people. We've been living through a pandemic. Everything has been going on that's been, I would say, wild and crazy. I mean, the numbers are back up. So we're obviously still living through a pandemic. And so Michelle is my cousin. So I definitely know her and I follow her on social media and she's such an exciting person, but she definitely has had a, um, you know, a jump out season, a start new, something fresh. So if you can give us a little bit of background information on you, the floor is yours. Thanks, because I really appreciate it. Um, So this year was definitely a pivotal point in my journey for transformation. Um, I felt the Lord tugging on my heart like it was time to go from where I was and I just gently eased myself into um, answering the call that was placed on my heart. A little background information on it is that I am a teacher. I work for Prince George's County Public Schools. Um, I served in my county for four years and um, I was a second grade teacher. Prior to that, I was a student at Virginia State University, and I sort of bounced around from HBCUs just trying to find myself. Um, I dealt with a period of homelessness and just finding myself and where I truly felt like I belonged. Um, Upon going to Virginia State University and becoming an education student, I discovered that I really had a passion for people and I wanted to teach young ones. Um, but I always knew that there was a desire for growth. I never felt like that was going to be my final stepping stone, but I knew that that was the best place to start. So, um, I went in pursuit of my bachelor's degree and received it. Um, and then went on to, um, start as a teacher and I loved every second of it. Um, working in the state of Maryland. I love the students that I had. I taught second grade for years, what seemed like five years going on six. And I was just in awe of making these connections and having these impacts that seemed like lifetime connections with families and students and watching them grow and mature into these wonderful individuals that I now follow on social media <laughs> because um, they just turned out to be terrific people. Um But for me, I honestly would have to say that I began to notice that my heart wasn't fully dedicated this year like it normally is. And you know what? So I've been teaching for a long time. um, And I will say I've never seen as many teachers right now that are having a career change. I mean, I'm, I'm still a teacher, but I've been virtual now. This is my second full year. So I've been virtual almost two and a half years. And before the pandemic, I, I personally felt myself at the place where you were like, it's got to be something different. You know, like it's everything about education. This is year 19 for me. Everything has been changing so much um, that 
as much of the pandemic, as much as it uprooted the entire world, for me with education, it gave me like a, a different way, a different platform. So um, so I know your background is teaching. Uh, you definitely have a heart for kids and people. Kids are drawn to you. People are drawn to you. You're outgoing. You're bubbly. Um, but I know that even in the midst of that being bubbly, you, I know you've gone on to get, you know, your post-grad degree. I know you're doing well. But that still had to be a move that took a lot of courage. So, like, how long were you... I know you said when the school year started, like a lot of teachers, you were apprehensive. But how long were you mapping this out or planning it before you took that step? Like, I got to do something different. Um, I want to say this and be absolutely transparent. Um, like you said, when I earned my postgraduate degree, I was really excited um, to use it like most people. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I have a master's degree. And I want to put it to use. And however, what I found was that um, there were limited opportunities where I was because it's mostly based on not what you know, but who you know. Mm -hmm. And your connections um, kind of enable you to climb to the next step. And for me, what I was beginning to see was that I wasn't necessarily connected to the right people, even though I had more knowledge. I think that that was the, the most frustrating portion for me that's that a good I, one. I knew more mm -hmm. and I had more to give and I was better for the positions that were being offered but due to my limited connections I was being rejected wow that's good and the rejection was mostly what kind of like pushed me to the point where it was like all right look something's got to give God I don't know if it's gonna be me uh <laughs> going in here and talking to my county and my district saying, hey, I've served you. You know, you told me that when opportunities became available that you would give them to me. You've gone back on your word. And what it was, was it was an eye-opening experience because the response that I received, even though um, I wanted to go and talk to people, the response that I received in my prayer time and my mental time um, was no. Wow. And I had to accept that. So for me, it was like, okay, well, now my next step is if I'm not going to climb where I am, I have to stretch to the next zone. And I love I it. I love myself. it. Oh, I love that. If I'm not going to climb to where I need to be, then I got to stretch. That's it. Because <laughs> I got to get there some kind of way. <laughs> yes. Um, that's one thing that I, I have learned. And I, I love saying um, I've learned from my students. Um, if they can't go upward they stretch outward right right and that's what I had to do for myself it was like all right well if I'm not gonna excel in this county I need to go somewhere else and for me it took a lot of courage because then that meant that I had to make the decision so in August I actually had a bit of a breakdown um I was talking to my boyfriend and kind of packing my teacher things into the bin you know <laughs> this is what I'm gonna put up on the wall and um thinking about some of my students that have transitioned down the hallway we were coming back from virtual so it would be my first opportunity to see the students that I had in virtual now so were you all, all virtual last year like were, yes were oh okay oh we so were virtual and then we were coming back to in person it was a very rash decision Oh, okay. I got it. So that was different. Because I know it's different everywhere. You know, like uh, in Northern Maryland, they were, and in Delaware, they phased the kids in slowly, the ones who wanted to, I think around after spring break. But you yeah. had virtual all year. Okay. And okay. We, did, we did have a hybrid, but some of us didn't have students that returned. 
right. so we were all virtual got you I got you I got you so um with that being said it was like I was excited to see the students that I had virtually now in person and to make those relationships those connections you know like um right. and see them and instead what happened was what should have been a joyous feeling like some teachers get like man I can't wait to get in there and start you know decorating my room and you got a theme and you think about everything (laughs) and it literally went from the theme of happiness to like a theme of sorrow wow and (laughs) it became overwhelming like you know I started to think to myself this the teacher that these kids had last year is not the same teacher that these new children are gonna get Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm right I I understand and it was um, it was kind of detrimental to me because I am, you know, like you said, very bubbly and extremely happy despite the circumstances around me. I'm always going to find a reason to smile or a reason to lift somebody else up. And even in my building, I was I was that person as a teacher. I walk around, I smiled at everybody. I gave out Christmas gifts or um, whatever celebration you had. Um, just wanted to be a beacon of light for everyone, but no one was doing the same for me. So and that can be draining when you're the one that that gives and you know it's it's what's the saying um even the strongest people are, are like weak behind closed doors like everybody needs a yes. everybody needs a smile returned to them so that that could definitely be draining it was probably the most excruciating piece was knowing that you're walking in and there are going to be people that are at your door hey can you some hey can you and mm-hmm. you are going to bend over backwards, forwards, touch your toes, touch your knees, make your toes go into your ears for these people. And no one's going to do the same thing for you. And instead, they're going to watch you drown and they're not going to throw your life raft. What they're going to do is they're going to say, you should have learned how to swim. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, it was walking in and knowing that that was going to be the expectation and knowing how it was going to feel used more so than I was going to be used by, you know, my gift of teaching. So I came to the realization in August that this was it. I This was going to be my last year. I kept telling everyone, you know, hey, this is this is my last year. This is my last year. I won't be coming back next year um, because I could feel it. Did I so know your, that I was your gonna... intention your intention was to teach there all year, right? Yes. Okay. I intended to stay the full school year, but I did not intend to return the following year. Got you. Okay. So um, those would be conversations that we would have as teachers in the staff lounge. Hey, you know, right. what do you think? And my response was, hey, I'm not going to be here next year. So you might want to ask someone else. Oh, girl, listen, that's <laughs> our <laughs> conversations are like, what's your side hustle? Where are you making money at? So when I'm, what's my exit plan? I think every teacher. Yes. <laughs> I mean, probably not even just teachers. Everybody has an exit plan. Like, listen, or as you know, like our grandparents used to say, when I hit the lottery, everybody yes. has a plan. The everybody. lottery, and they knew exactly how they were going to distribute funds. I was telling, I was telling my family that the other day. So Michelle's grandfather and my grandmother uh, were siblings. Uh, it was ten of them, and so they were all of them. They had a plan mapped out of when they hit the lottery, what they were going to do with that money. Yes. So, so it's something like that in the teachers' lounge for those of you that are educators everybody got a plan right michelle yes (laughs) it was just crazy but i i was telling everybody hey this this is the last go round 
with me on this carousel. I just want you to know. And for some people, it was like, she says that every year. Right. But then it became um, an eye-opening experience when things were not necessarily getting planned, like school productions or, um, you know, things for the kids and families. It was like, no. Hey, Miss, o- no, I one finger up leaving with the church walk. I'm right. sorry. <laughs> I refuse to stay past my contractual hours at this point. Yes, yes. And I did. And um, again, like by August, I knew that I was going to go. I just didn't know it was going to be like the uprooting that it was. Right. Okay. I got you. And so you really left. I'm not going to say you left without a plan, but. Since your plan was to leave at the end of the year, when you decided that you were going to transition out of that building before um, the end of the year, what did you do? Like, what was the first thing you did? Did you start looking for jobs? Did you start calling? Did you start praying? You're a believer, so I know you prayed. Like, what did you do? I cried. (laughs) The first thing that I did was cry. In fact, majority of my testimony is I cried. I probably cried all during everything. (laughs) <laughs> um, but no, <laughs> just being very transparent. It was like, I don't want to be here. And there were the tears. I don't know what I'm doing. And then the tears. And then yes. it was, I'm looking for something else. And then the tears. It was, it was a lot of overwhelming moments. Many of them were good. A few of them were just, you know, drama. Right. I because guess. there's that feeling of, I don't know what's on the other side. And you're living through a pandemic. I mean, yes. That's you and, But I will say this. I literally, during my downtime on my phone, would be on Indeed. And I was looking for a job every single opportunity. If my kids okay. were at specials, I was looking for a job. If my children went to lunch, I was looking for a job. You are And I was looking. And... What I found was that in my state, there were limited opportunities. Really? I thought teachers could go just about anywhere, right? Oh, my gosh. It was, and and when I say that, let me, let me rephrase. There were many opportunities, but I wasn't willing to settle. Okay. Okay. I understand that. Because if I have a master's degree and you're offering me 1580 Oh, wow. Mm. I have an issue with that. Um, I remember even... The, the first day I sat down with my computer, um, my boyfriend had actually um, got himself ready and was going to work. And I sat down in the room. I came home early that day. I literally was like, uh, I can't go back to my class. I was I was just not feeling it. Um, they got someone to cover for me. And I put a, um, I responded to some, app, um, some job opportunities on Indeed. And one called me back within five minutes. And they were offering me a head of a um, preschool position. But they wanted to offer me with a master's degree as a teacher, 1580. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. And anybody else, you know, who was like, man, you just got to get out of where you are. Take anything. No, that, that wasn't what I was taking because no. I was going to become complacent in the area that I was. So it wasn't even just the school. It was also the area that I was living in. Well, you were also going to become um, hungry and homeless at $15. Yes. 
So, I mean, that's not, I mean, you know, it's, that that's great if, I mean, if that works for somebody, but like you said, with your credentials and then how much you have been making prior, I mean, I understand sometimes having to step back, but that's, no, mm-mm. Well, that's how I'm surprised people are doing that because I mean, I know teenagers now that's making 15, 16, $17 an hour. You know, you could you the right fast food or retail place and they're paying well. So, yeah. But I mean, so I know, I know that, like you said, I cried. It's, I wasn't laughing at you, but I'm <laughs> laughing because I think just about everybody has been in that place. Like, when you realize this is the truth and when you realize this is the next step, it, it, you because it's it's crying probably out of a place of like, oh my gosh, am I really here? And Jesus, you better keep me. Yes. <laughs> like, I need you to show up and be everything that you say you are and everything that they say you are. I need you to show up and lead me and guide me. And, and so we're going to fast forward. So you ended up finding an, another teaching position, right? Yes. And so, can you give us a little bit of background? Because you, uh, you know, I know the story because she, she shared it before. But can you give a little bit of background of even how that looked? That was a sacrifice at first. So, yes. when you took the job, where was the? You don't have to say like where it was city, but like how far was it from where you are? Like, what did you have to do then? Oh my God, um, I took a job that was in Virginia, and for most people who think that Maryland and Virginia are close, you are absolutely correct. <laughs> um. But I took a job that was almost at the border of North Carolina. Um, and <laughs> I got laugh at it because yeah. it was like, I had no idea what the location of the school was, but I just knew that I had accepted the position and it was for a um, teacher slash literacy coach. And it made $14,000 less than I was making. But I was committed to the purpose of okay I've been uprooted and now I'm going to stay at this school and I was making a two and a half to three hour drive mm. daily one way Mm-mm-mm. putting 125 between 125 to about 175 miles depending on traffic because um, trying to get back into D.C. is almost like murder now. Right. Um, but I would risk that being in the car because I knew that the opportunity that was on the other side was greater. Wow. And even though it said salary-wise that I was making 14000 less, I bring home more of my take-home pay than wow. I did at my previous school. Well, because D.C. has, like, city wage taxes. I know when I taught in the city, that's one thing. I didn't know about that before. Um but when I taught in Wilmington, like we had city wage taxes. And then, I mean, you know, it's all type. And in D.C., y'all, you know, y'all the state that's not really a state. So y'all got all types of stuff going on there. So well, the actual thing is that I taught in Maryland, but it it wasn't um, the actual school. It was where I lived. Oh. I live in a place called Capitol Heights. And Capitol Heights on one side of the yellow line is Maryland. And the other side is D.C. And due to that, even though it says Maryland, I had to pay D.C. and Maryland state tax. Oh, ooh. Mm. sorry for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So that right there will run down a check. I understand that. And then you that's how I always tell people. Then you add in like real life benefits and, you know, teacher union dues. People like yeah, it, that, that real life stuff adds up quick. Oh, our union dues were about $45 per check. Yeah, I don't even know. Um, they're probably around the same. I don't know. I know all that stuff adds up. I know all of that stuff adds up eventually. And so you are so committed, think about that, that you are willing to do a two and a half hour to three 
hour commute for peace because essentially am I right it was like it was more of like for peace of mind and sometimes sometimes a change is what gives you peace of mind um I'm that's like for me this year I'm still a teacher but and God knew what I would be having to deal with because this is a very um unpredicted unpredictable season of my life right now you know but God knew that as a family we would be navigating this season and that I needed this because it's the best schedule for especially the way my life is set up now it's the best schedule for that um so because I I, we're almost done with our podcast but I really want because it's a lot of people I'm gonna tell you I know a tremendous amount of people healthcare workers I would say those are most of the people I know fall into to those two categories and it's a lot of them that are wanting to either completely leave their career field have a change within it like what you did so if there was one good piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's wanting to jump out and start over what would that be do it step out map it out do it for me, it took a vision board to actually like guide myself with, I'm going to start the job and I live two hours away and then I got an apartment that was closer and I packed my entire life up and I moved and I have a greater sense of peace, a wow. greater sense of self, a greater sense of joy and knowing that I don't live in a packed community. I don't have to worry about COVID being at my front door. Yeah, because it's everywhere. Yeah, knowing that I'm not at a job that's going to stress me out. When I come home, that my home is my safe place. Wow. Yeah. If you're thinking about getting up and leaving everything behind, you really feel a tug, do it. Because you don't want to stay somewhere for 20 to 30 years that you are miserable. Mm. You will never get those years back. Wow. What you will get is a sense of peace. And a sense of self-worth knowing that you followed yourself. You believed enough to let everything go and say, God, take all of the broken. I give you my ashes. Can you give me your beauty? That's it. That's it. That's, you know, and I will say this because you are a millennial and, you know, we're, I think I'm probably like eight or nine years older than you, but it's crazy how just in eight or nine years, like how the generations are, because one thing I'll say about you millennials, y'all will jump out. Y'all are bold. <laughs> you know, I'm whatever the generation is right above millennial. Um, although in my mind, I'm a millennial. I think that we, you grew up in a time and you went to college in a time where social media was really starting to pop off and influencers. And so you saw people taking risks. You know, I come from the generation right at the cusp of that. But most of the people who I knew was like, get a degree, get a job, you know, be a CEO. But rarely was it step out and be an entrepreneur. And so now it's the place, you know, those of us that are in like our early 40s, we're like, let's step out, let's do it. But y'all come up in a generation where you have boldness. You know, I tell my girls now, if you don't want to go to college, that's fine. You're going to be successful, but be bold enough to step out. You know, college isn't for everybody. Have a plan mapped out though. And don't be scared to start over and don't, don't be scared to to mess up because I, if, if you're walking with faith and you walk with Jesus, he's got you. He's yes. Got you. Just so, know that. Just yeah. know that. Like, I mean, the greatest thing for me was Hebrews 11. Now faith. Wow. Is the evidence of things. Okay. You go ahead, cuz. Faith. <laughs> no, what is it now? Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Not yet seen. That's it. Come on. Isn't that something? 
isn't that's that out on faith? That's it. Like the things that you hope for, the things that you think about and fantasize about and dream about, and you haven't even seen them, but you know that they're on the other side of this. I always, um, when I did network marketing, I remember I will close by saying, I would love for you to go back and be able to dream like that kid. Because when we were kids, you know, we would dream about being a princess or being a president. And the older we got, the smaller our dreams got. They start to diminish because mm. people would say, you can't do that. And I was like, so what if you could get back to the place where you were bold enough to dream like you dreamed when you were eight or nine? Because that's what we have the ability to do. And so when I hear and see people like you stepping out, um, you know, and this is just the beginning for you because, you know, you're a teacher. However, like you said, your platform is to be in front of millions, you know, to encourage and inspire millions because your testimony alone should write a book and be a movie. Um, but this is just the beginning. But taking the boldness allows God to know that I can trust her. I can trust her with a vision. I can trust her with a dream because when I plant it inside of her, she trusts me enough to step out. And so, you know, my prayer is that he continues to cover your steps everywhere you go, whether it's school, whether it's ministry, preaching, teaching, motivating, whatever it is. I know that it will be amazing. And so I want to say thank you, cousin, for joining <laughs> me on Figuring Out Forever. It used to be called Figuring Out the 40s. And my next door neighbor was like, what you going to do when you get out of your 40s? I was like, mm, I mean, you know. When I started, I was 40, so I never thought about it. But I was like, you know what? It is like figuring out forever because this life thing is always evolving and ever changing. And so I want to say thank you to you so much. Um, what's your so do you want people to follow you on social media? Um, sure. I am September underscore M E D. Um, and that would be awesome. Like if you need some encouragement, I'm here. Um, yes. words of wisdom. Um, and then also on Facebook, Michelle Y. Phillips. Yes, for the Phillips family, shout out to all of our cousins. If you know a Phillips, they're probably related to us. They know what they say. <laughs> <laughs> We're probably your kinfolk. Well, again, cousin, thank you so much. I love you. I'm sending all types of love from Northern Maryland all the way down to Virginia, almost near North Carolina. Um, you stay safe in that crazy COVID world. You keep touching lives because your second grade babies are so blessed to have you as a teacher. I'll call you later. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening to our podcast. Do me a favor and like it, share it, inbox me if you want to follow me. I am Shan Y. Johnson on Instagram and on Facebook. I am Shannon Booth Johnson. And you can also check out our um, podcast, Figuring Out Forever. So everybody have a fabulous day. Thank you so much. And we'll see you over the top. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye.